I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, Hallie and I are going to indulge in a wonderful conversation around fear. But before we even break down fear, we want to make sure that we have the conversation um, that fear is way... Like, I think people, when they think of fear, they think of it as either like a primal fear or they think of like some sort of like larger fear that they have in their life. And I think people tend to underestimate that most um, emotions that people can feel uh, or that are self-generated emotions that people feel are a result of level of fear. This depends on what kind of route that you are they want to work at, right? Which we're going to explain all this. But like, as an example, stress right? People say I'm stressed. That's really a kind of, it's born from fear, right? And the reason why it is, is stress in itself, you're stressed about something not happening the way you want it to, or getting something that you don't want to. Therefore, there's a fear about an event that's going to occur that causes you to have an emotional response. Well, let me just back up for a second. So you do have primal fear, and you have psychological fear. Primal fear is completely different. And I think most people get it, but just as an example, like primal fear is like if you're being chased by a bear, nobody's ever been chased by a bear and was thinking about how this is going to look on Instagram or how this is going to be posted on Twitter, right? Or what am I going to be doing at five o'clock tonight about the situation, right? Like it's just, if you're being chased by a bear, like you are in the zone, like you are, you're, you're in flight or flight mode your primal fear kicked in and you're either fighting, you're flying. I mean, you could be crying and doing different emotions and stuff, but you're just in the zone. The only reason I'm kind of laughing is because have you seen, you've been chased by a bear before? No, I haven't. But have you seen some of those videos of people who are like going on hikes and then there's a bear that comes up to them and they are in the bears, like pretty much on them and like, like sniffing them and standing up. And they're literally standing there trying to take selfies with the bear. Uh, like, well, that is the bear analogy is a good one, but it's because they think it's friendly. Yes. Well, so, yeah. And then it starts like pulling their clothes and like yes. pushing them. And then they're like, oh my God, I guess it doesn't really matter if I'm trying yes. to get the selfie. And he, yes. you know, well, but I just think it's funny because yeah, no, the bear now, not yes. everybody actually runs away. Some yes. people try to take a selfie. Well, if you're actually being chased by a bear, like if you were also in that happy, like, well, it's, it's funny you say that because in Stowe, Vermont, uh, we just had foliage season and there was like these three bears that always come out about a hundred yards outside the road. And during foliage season, I could, as, as I entered this area, I could tell if the bears were out. Because everyone slowed down and there was cars piled on both sides of the road. And guess what everyone was out there doing? The bears were 30 yards away from them. They're trying to get a selfie. Yeah, with the bears these, in the background. These people are yeah. like, they're like, the you know, I'm stereotyping a little bit, but they had like the most nice clothing on, like the perfect jackets, everything yeah. there. Like it's a postcard, right? That they yeah. were doing that whole thing for. And people that actually live there are just like, man, somebody's just, just kind of attacked by one of these things. Like they're just, they're, they're not tame. They're just there right. because they're trying to eat 20 out of 24 hours a day right now. But so maybe you can change the bear. If you're being chased by a lion, I don't think anybody's trying to take a selfie. And except for actually my buddy. I was going to say. Remember, tried to get actually. Yeah. So, but anyways, on the primal fear <laughs> side. If well, you're in a danger, the, the yes, primal fear, I well, don't because know. it's because now they think that you can, you can just do that. But if you're actually in a, in a fear like situation, like you, that you're being actively chased by an animal that can kill you. Right. Like, and you know yes. that it's in a fearful situation, right? Like in the revenant. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was, there was no selfie going on there. No. <laughs> like, can you imagine well, it was that? also like see? this 1700s or 1800s, yes, but still. Yeah, still like it would have been uh, yeah, that was a bad situation. Yes. Uh, and by the way, yeah, people die all every year from bear attacks mostly out west or any animal yeah yeah, or cougars yeah the thing is with a cougar though like uh at least a cougar kills you quickly 
because that's how they stop you. They actually go directly for your neck. So it's it's good and bad in yeah, two and different ways. Yeah, the bear ways. crushes you well, slowly. Bra- well, bears sit on you, and then they yeah. eat the fattiest parts of you, which is usually like your legs. So you're usually alive for a period of time God. before anyways, I don't know how we got to this thing, but like, yeah. that's how if you ever, if you ever, if you ever, I don't know if they still have that on YouTube, but remember we showed this in project you like the first year we were actually at like a fire set. People. Yes, we did. But there's a, there's an audio recording of the, the, it's not the bear whisperer. What's that guy's name? Do you remember him? I don't know, but I know you're talking yeah, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his about. name, but he was out in Alaska and he basically like lived with these bears for like 15 years and he yeah. he ended up staying longer like three weeks longer than he normally does and he heard bears outside and he thought it was like his buddy's bears and it was two totally different bears and they killed him and his girlfriend oh, because he yeah. went out there like trying to do that anyways you can hear the audio of it and he was alive for like seven minutes um before that yeah it is but anyway so if you're in a, f- a primal fear situation well, and also like just this, like respect nature yes well there you go you should do a whole episode on that yeah yeah. It's like my, I don't, I hate people littering with gum. Like it just dry, mm. I, littering period. Like I just, I, I, it really bothers me. Cause I with think gum people are specifically, you know what littering bothers me is when people throw cigarettes, cigarettes out their window because I'm like, that's littering. And like, it's just like socially acceptable to do that. No, like, it's not. I don't know. Well, not I don't anymore. Know well, well, I agree. Like it is like, it is it's for like them. It's so common and yes. acceptable to do that. And I'm yes. All I can think of, maybe this is my fear, all I can think of is I have a slight little gas leak or something in my car and I drive over the semi-lit I've never c- thought cigarette that. and my car blows up. That's literally what I think every time. Oh. Not to mention it's just bad for the environment to be throwing cigarettes. Yeah, that's more of what it is. But it reminded me of yesterday we were driving to go swimming and my daughter rolled down her window and it was freezing outside. I'm like, why'd you roll the window? She's like, I was just about to throw out my gum, but I realized I will not be throwing out my gum. I said, no, <laughs> you will not be throwing. Cause I, I, cause I don't like, even if I'm in like a mountain bike riding or I'm skiing and I've gum and I want to get rid of it, I will not, I refuse to throw it out there. even though it's easy just cause it's just, it's, it's yeah. your environment. Anyway, so you have primal fear, right? Which is like, again, something where it's taking all of your senses and you're focused on that whole piece. Right. Um, actually another great example of this while we're on it. My, I don't know if I, you heard me say this yesterday, but my grand grandmother when I wasn't actually there for the event but my mom was and my grandmother I don't know how old exactly I was I was eight to ten or something along those lines my grandfather always worked on cars and he was underneath the car and the car the jack actually fell out somehow underneath him and literally pinned him like it it pinned him like on his waist I Mm -hmm. think so it wasn't like it wasn't like crushing his like his skull or anything like that right it was more like on his it was just pinned him though like he couldn't Mm -hmm. move right and she came out there and she's like five one five three she's 89 now by the way and still alive she picked the car up and he moved out now she didn't like flip the car over but she picked the car up enough like several inches for him to be able to roll out from underneath it being Mm -hmm. pinned and just like that's that kind of so that's i don't know if it's primal fear there but it's just a primal nature that gives you this extra ability that he may die die or be trapped under there or get severely injured and yeah so anyways, I think people have a pretty good idea of that difference between primal fear, which you you, know, you don't ever, my point of saying that is you don't actually go to the mind to recreate a situation when you're in primal fear. So that's the way to think about it that way, mm-hmm. right? You don't go and create a movie inside your mind about the event that's about to occur or some future thing that could happen from it. Now, when it's not happening, people do that all the time. And that's the, what we're really referring to around fear is the psychological fear that people have every day. And the psychological fear is what really haunts everybody or causes disturbance or causes suffering. Um, and that is born, right? Fear is born from stress, anxiety, anger can be fear. Irritation can be fear. Um, worry is a big one. And again, people say, well, I'm just really stressed. And then, so I want people to, if they get anything from this podcast, it, that fear always boils down to one of two things. 
and we're going to talk about them and then we're going to talk about how you get out. Right. But they're the two things that fear will always boil down to, right. Is that, or any stress that you have in your life. Again, that people sometimes and I say, you're like, I'm not really fear. I'm just stressed. I'm like, well, okay. So whatever word you want to make sense, it's stress, some sort of emotion or disturbance that's going on there occurs from you not getting what you want or you getting what you don't want. It always comes down to one of those two things. So basically what you've decided is how you should be getting what you want. Again, how life should be, or that you should be avoiding or not getting things that you don't want. I should not have to go through bankruptcy. I should not get sick. I should not have this person, you know, I shouldn't have to be in this job, right? All of these type of things that are going on there. It's because one of two things happens again, when fear shows up, it is because you're afraid that something you're going to get something you don't want, or you're not going to get what you want. And then there's a variety of emotions that are, that are born from fear, but those are the two common things. So the first thing that you can do with all of this is to make sure that you are paying attention to this process. So the minute any type of these emotions come up there, you can always trace it back and you can, and I do this with my, in in my own mind all the time. Whereas like if I'm starting to fear that or, or starting to feel an emotion that shows up there, it's mostly, or feeling disturbed 99% of the time, it's because something is not going the way I want it to or something is uh, about to happen that I'm trying not to have happen and it shows up there. Right. As an example of this is my, my kid, um, my oldest is like sick and like not really sick, but she's got a fever and she's there. And like the first thing that kind of course showed up was like, I was like, Oh man, I hope she doesn't have like some major disease. Right. And I'm like, there it goes again, that process. She's got people around her are sick in her class. They're out and she's got a little temperature and she feels fine mostly. But yet of course you, your mind starts to create this image that, Oh my God, like something dramatically could be, could go wrong. And so when people start to do this, then they start building these concepts in their head that are not actually really true. Right. And this is where people start to have psychological suffering and we're using fear for this, but it's really the psychological suffering is, is is derived from building. Again, it's like, think of it as building your own. You're like, you're the executive producer of building your own movie and you've built a movie in there. That's not real. And 99.9% of the time, when you worry about something, you get stressed about something, it doesn't happen to the degree that you think it does. Very rarely does it actually happen that way. And again, if it doesn't mean you don't take care of it, you look like you want to say something. Mm, keep going. No, no, what do you want to say? Well, <laughs> no, I feel like I'm going to backtrack us a little bit because I overall understand what you're saying in terms of all of these, all of these emotions are just, they're disturbances and they're causing us turmoil, you know, for lack of a better word, turmoil in, internally. Um, but I definitely disagree that fear and stress are not the same thing. And I'm sure you went and used your intellectual mind to look up the definition of it. Yes. They're both emotion, like internal emotional states, but they're not, I don't think they're the same thing. Like when you're in fear or psychological fear, I think psychological fear is, well, of course I looked it up and just fear in general, which is. The feeling that someone or something is going to is dangerous or going to cause you is a threat or is, can cause you pain, and I agree that that can be psychological too. Like, obviously, the the one that comes to mind all the time is public speaking. Like, you're fearful of you know an emotional it's an emotional threat or there's a potential emotional pain there if it's psychological versus stress, which is this strain or tension coming from um, d- demanding circumstances. Okay. So break that so down like, for me more. 
I also think stress can be prolonged. I think fear sometimes is more um, uh, situational and temporary. Oftentimes stress can be, you can just live in a state of stress. I don't know if you necessarily live in a state of oh, absolutely. fear constantly. Yes, absolutely. People live in fear all the time. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I get I what you're saying. I just don't think they're really the, the same. They're the same thing. They're two different emotions. Well, they are. Yeah. Of course they are. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. They're, but they're born. If you trace it back to the root, they're born. So let me just follow me with this. And you don't have to agree. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't. But just, but. But just follow me with this. Like <laughs> yeah. if, if somebody says they're stressed about something, a demanding yeah. situation. Yeah. Now, they have the options. There's always options to remove themselves from the situations. But most people will not do that because they're afraid of getting something they don't want or avoiding something that they're trying to not get. So something will happen. Like I'm trying not to get fired. Therefore, I'm afraid of getting fired. Therefore, I'm going to demand and, and be in this stress for a period of time so that I'm staying in here. But I'm, I'm actually really stressed because there's an f- underlying fear of something that could happen if I don't hold this. Well, I mean, just by that very example, you've, you're giving you're very clearly saying there are two different things. Yeah, but they are. you if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying that people choose to stay in stress because of fear. Not always just in that example. OK, well, but people do, though. Remember, there's a benefit that people choose to stay. Well, it's like, oh, I'm afraid to um, leave this person. And they could be physically or emotionally abusive. And the byproduct of that fear is that they live in stress. Yes. Or, yeah, they live in stress from that. Yeah. Like I said, I said they're separate. They're born from the same root, right? It's like like all plants are born from the same soil, but each one of them is different. I'm trying to think of an example to um, prove you wrong. You're not going to be able to, so just keep trying. But anyways, it's not about being right, but it's really, all I'm trying to say is that like generally speaking, now you could, you could, I'm sure you could argue and you can make some wonderful arguments about the differences and how they are. And I'm not, I'm not, that's not my point. My point of all this is that the disturbance or fear that most people fear in their life that have is because of one of those two things. Mm -hmm. And what I'm also saying is that stress or worry, particularly worry or stress is also a byproduct of that soil that supports everything, right? Which if you're going to use fear as that soil, mm-hmm. it's because that it's, it's, I'm not going to get what I want or I'm afraid that I'm going to get what I, something that I don't want. And that's where, that's what causes most fear for people. And when they, when they live in that state, then you go to your, you become an executive producer in your mind and you create this fictitious, fictitious scene about all the things that are going to happen and you, and you literally create an entire movie. I mean, you start with one, oh my God, like what happens if, if I get fired? Then I'm gonna lose my house, I'm gonna lose my job, and nobody's gonna think I'm worthy. Like you literally created an entire production play in your movie about one thing, and it really all boils down to the single point that you're afraid mm-hmm. that you're not gonna get what you want. Or that you're gonna get what you don't want. Or you're gonna get what you don't want. Okay, yeah, yeah so I'm that, with you. It's just, that's, the, um, that's, the, that's where the, most people go. So the first step in, in understanding this is honestly just to watch the process. Just watch it go. And even small things. We're going to, we're talking about bigger things, but think about the small things. Like for instance, you're dry, driving in this morning. It's snowing out. There's a car going 35 miles an hour, 35 and a 55 miles an hour. Oh, was that me? Probably. <laughs> I always kidding. No, I know. But I, I always, and it's, again, I started getting, I'm like, uh, really what it boiled down to, I was getting irritated because I was afraid, afraid is not the right word. I was, it was, but it was a byproduct of that, that I wasn't going to get on time for something I needed. Yeah. So again, yeah. you see, that's all I'm trying to say is that point. Then I, I, uh, the irritation came in. But is that really fear? So I'm, so, yeah. Fear just feels so. Well, you're thinking of primal fear. I'm just no, trying. No, I'm to, thinking of like this intense. Yeah. Do you think that you're in danger? I mean, did you really feel like you were, there was this major threat to your, you know, 
self-worth if you were late for late for, by five minutes well, it could be well yeah well, that's kind of for what, you well no but like, well, but even like in a couple of minutes that it showed up there and i was like i talk about all this stuff all the time this is i get to practice this and yeah. i just let it go yeah. and yeah. you know just the whole but i but my point is i was i was actually preparing for this podcast and this thinking this story or this analogy as i was going through this it was like this is a great example and i traced it back because i had to go to a doctor's appointment for my knee this morning and i was like man if i get in late then i'm gonna miss it and that's gonna that's gonna get me something that i don't want Mm-hmm. And so again, always comes back to like one of those two roots. I guess the other way you could say this, and I think fear is just one of those ones because it's really prevalent right now in our world that a lot of people have this in general from elections, from uh, economic climates to global, um, uh, you know, de- uh, depressions to world wars, like all these things that are going on right now, there just happens to be a lot of fear. So we're using it in that context. But I think my way help you earlier or more is understanding that the cause of all disturbance is probably a better way of saying it Mm -hmm. inside you that you're using in your mind is because you're not getting what you want or that you're afraid you're going to get what you don't want. That's kind of my only point. And I think it's just just separating that out is that all disturbance relates. So whenever you're disturbed about something and we're just using in this case of fear to have this conversation. Yes. Getting what you don't want or not getting what you do want. (laughs) Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Getting, you're trying to get what you want or yep. you're, you're nervous that you're going to get what you don't want. Correct. I mean that, and that is yes. just so, your preferences. Yeah. You're, you're jumping to the third step here. Huh? Oh, sorry. It's okay. But like, it's, I know it's, I'm always a little ahead, it's but, you, you, know. you are, but the, 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 so the first step is the awareness of that, right? Which is I'm watching this process go on. Like that's the first way to understand this is like, wow, I just watched my mind create this movie because what you're doing, right? It's a movie, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And there's, by the way, there's emotions in there. There's thoughts. There's a voice that talks. You can see things, even though you're not seeing them in the physical world, you can still see them, right? Just so you can see a dream. You're still seeing it while you're seeing the physical world. So you've created this whole fictitious like movie inside your head that you're now experiencing because now you've put your energy on that. Instead of experiencing the world, you're experiencing this movie that you've created, which is false. It's, that's why it's that mirage and that's how the duality that people are stuck in. That is the definition of the duality that they're in. The duality is they're in this world, but they've created another world that they're living in. And really all that means is that you who's in there is paying attention to this inner world way more than you are the outer world because you can manipulate the inner world a lot easier than you can manipulate the outer world because you can't really do much. So does that make sense? Cause that's a big, that if you can get that right there, then that's, could you say it one more time since I was writing, writing something. Well, it's, it's the whole point there is that when people talk about duality, like I'm living in two worlds or I'm living in duality, what they're really saying is that you've created this movie, constant movie reel Mm -hmm. and the movies change all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. It can be the movie can be, Oh my God, I should probably buy a new car. Right. Or the movie can be, it's like, I can't believe I have to go. My boss is asking me to do this. Right. Or I shouldn't have to go pick up my kids from school being canceled, right? Just you create these movies inside your head. Some of them go very long and they last for days, months, years, your whole life. And some last for a couple moments, but you, that's all you're doing is creating these cinema. You're like a, basically an executive producer in there creating movies. And what you're doing is you're paying attention to that movie. You who's in there, not you're this being created, but you're paying attention to it versus paying attention to the actual physical world that you're in. So you're, so the duality is, is that I'm living actually in this inner world that I've created, which has nothing to really do with the outer world. 
it's just an inner world that you create that you can manipulate and feel you, you can move everything in there and you can talk to it. You can go to it. You can move things in there. You can say how much you're going to beat somebody up or you're going to go exercise this, or I'm going to go make this amount of money and it makes you feel good in there. So you can manipulate your emotions based on the movie that you're creating inside your head. And that's why people get caught in living duality. Instead of actually experiencing life, they're experiencing first their inner life that they've created whether that the inner life. They're experiencing creating their inner world that's like this movie. And then they're trying to manipulate the outside world to make this inner experience, this inner movie that they created better. And so this is where the disturbance comes from. And a lot of that is born from fear, which is why we started the conversation with fear, particularly around this time, but it's larger than that. And I guess that was my, that you made a good job of just making that distinction that it's really just, it's the disturbance that happens inside you. So, um, that's the, that's the, and so this duality is people are paying attention to that instead of actually paying attention to the outside world and then allowing the outside world to do this now. So that's the first, you have a question? Nope. Oh, the, the, so that's where the, the first process in this is just watching this. This will, will take you the whole way. I promise it'll take time, years, but you just have to watch the process unfold. And I promise you, it will take you to your next step that you need to in the next step, next step. But just so you can see, you know, just clues along the way, what will happen is you start paying attention to that. You realize that it's really it's you're the one that's creating this inner world. You're the only one creating this movie. Hallie's not creating it inside me. You're not creating it inside Bill, your partner, right? Or I'm not creating it inside of my partner. I'm not creating it inside of my colleague. They're creating their own inner experience, mm -hmm. right? So that's where the psychological disturbance comes from. So you use the example, like, you know, I'm afraid of going public speaking. If there wasn't a concept built in there about being afraid of public speaking, you would just public speak. Like there wouldn't actually be anything to be hitting against. Right. And I'm not saying you're going to remove these things. We've got some scaras that are built up from life's billions of experiences that you of preferences. And this, we're going to get into this that are built up, which is why you feel that way. And again, we can have, we've done episodes on that whole episode. Uh, uh, we've done a lot of episodes and a lot of talk about where these things come from. But right now, just so you can see you've created this movie. So the, the, how you get out of this, right. And this is, this is the, the beauty of this is there's a way out, right. Um, you know, it's, it's funny cause, uh, um, uh, is it Skinner? Who's a, is it B, who's the, what's his first name? BF Skinner. B, it's BF Skinner, right. The psychologist. Yeah. yeah. I think when he said like man is the sum of his own experiences, obviously he's using man or woman, right. And that, that word, but man is some of his own experiences. It's true, but not true. It's like the sun sets, which is true, but not really true. You are the sum of your own experiences, but you are the one witnessing being the sum of their own experiences. He just skipped a step. He missed the second layer of what he was talking about. It is true. In psychology, you're working with all the experiences you had to try to rearrange them, get them out there doing the same thing, but you're, you're really just rearranging your experiences. When there's a deeper level I think you can work at, which is just to recognize that you're the one watching this process or watching this human form having these experiences based on how many experiences that you've had uh, in your life, which is just a set of data that creates these images for you. So you are the sum of the own experiences, but you're the one watching them. That's just the separation there. Hopefully people can put those two together. So the... What you, what you end up doing and what you realize, which is a lot of people don't like it when you hear this, they, they think of different things, but it comes down to, which is like, need nothing and enjoy everything, which is like, the, it goes back to when the Buddha came back and said, I've, he, again, he went away for years, came back, you know, the whole story. He, he said, look, the, all of life is suffering, disturbance, right? Mm -hmm. So the all of life is disturbing, which is afraid that I'm going to get what I don't want, or I'm not going to get what I want, which is like you said, preference. preference. Yes. 
So in the, in the Buddha said that in the noble, noble truth, number one is all life is suffering. Number two is all of suffering is caused by preference. He actually used the word desire, I think, um, but it's really just preference, likes and dislikes, if you want to use it that way. Mm-hmm. And the minute you have likes and dislikes, you have suffering now. Because now you've, you are trying to impose your movie that you created as to how the world needs to be for you to be okay. Of course you have, because now you've created your own movie with how everything, how Holly needs to act, how Adam needs to act, how your people need to act, how your sister needs to act, how your brother needs to act, how your kids need to act. You've created this, this movie inside your head of how everyone around you needs to behave and the weather and everything else. And as long as it relatively stays okay, then people go, I'm good. I I, I agree you are, but you're just not, you're just, you're like a negative one. Like you think that's good, but there's so much more that you can do. It's just, you're thinking very small in your world. And, and so the, the way out of that is to really, when you start to be okay with everything And the really interesting thing is the minute you become okay with how life's going to do its dance, you become fearless. And that's really where the conversation comes in is you really want to be fearless in life, which is really being able to walk through this world, not really, um, caring is not the right word, but not, uh, being engaged in the disturbance, Right. you are fearless or you are untethered or you are conscious, <laughs> whatever words you want to use, right? They, people just put different words on it. That means make, make sense to them, but that's really what you're doing. So in order to be fearless, you want to be fearless in business, fearless and which is people love being I'm fearless in business. Great. Well, really being fearless is that you're okay. Cause what happens is when you become fearless or if you actually really truly become okay with what's happening, just one day, if you could wake up and, tr- and truly be totally okay with whatever happened, you would start to realize there's a genuine peace that comes inside you. And then this creativity comes up and enthusiasm comes up and you just want to share and you want to create. It doesn't mean that challenges go away. It has nothing to do. It doesn't mean that you're not going to die. It doesn't mean the people around you are not going to get sick. It doesn't mean that you're not going to injury. It doesn't mean anything of that. It just means you're okay with it. And the minute you're okay with it, you become fearless. You become untethered. And being okay with it just means that you can emotionally handle it. Yeah. I mean, you, you do handle it. I mean, because when or, people say I couldn't handle that, if that happens to me, well there, if that ever happens, you're not going to be able to handle it. You're no good to anybody. Right. Does that being fearless piece that you were just talking about extend to the primal fears or is this just most well, I think, psychological fear? I, no, I think primal fear will kick in for any human or to kick in because you have an animal body. It's very primal. It's very instinctual. So it's beyond thought, right? A dog when like it's it's so wonderful to watch a dog they're always so happy you could i mean literally like punch a dog which is unfortunate people do well i'm just giving you an example but yeah. it would turn around and come back to you with with love and generosity right it would most it's, of the time most of the, you know you know what i'm yes. saying though right like you could do those things right or you could have a bad day and it doesn't care it doesn't care what you look like it doesn't care that's why people so feel so free around animals or babies because there is no concept built in somebody in their mind about how howly should be when you walk home to see your dogs they haven't built that concept. Well, when we're walking around, we've all built concepts and you feel that in people. So you mm-hmm. feel it. They're going, well, I feel like I'm being judged. Or I feel like, well, you are because you're, they're being judging to you based on their movie of how you should be. And then you're doing the same thing to you for about everybody else. You're doing it to yourself all the time. And this is what causes disturbance. You built a movie and how you should look, how you should be, what should happen. I shouldn't age and this stuff, all these things that are going on in life on the shoulds that should happen. And when they don't happen, that's when people suffer because you've created this movie and how life should be. So the point of how you get out of this is you just become okay with everything. If you want to really play checkmate with life, all you do is you wake up and go, it doesn't mean there's not a probability. You wake up and go, I'm good with everything. I need nothing, but I'm going to enjoy everything. Let me just throw this in there because we always have to do it. 
doesn't mean you don't get married. It doesn't mean you don't mm. build a big business. It doesn't mean you don't go on vacation. It doesn't mean any of that stuff. It really doesn't. It doesn't mean you don't make money. It doesn't mean that you do make money. It just, right? It doesn't, it's irrelevant because it was just something that you're doing. You could be a, you could play sports or you could, you know, paint or you could be an art or you could be a teacher or you could be a business owner. You could be a real estate professional. It doesn't matter. You're just, you're, you're just something that you're doing while you're here because you love creating and interacting and you can get rewarded for it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with winning and doing your best at the game. I always think of this as like, I, you know, I was, I was even texting with somebody yesterday that was having a really tough day. And I said, I always go back to how I think about life. I don't, you call it a mission, whatever you want to call it. I just think about how I think about life, which mm -hmm. is how do I raise the moment that's in front of me? So that the moment is better off for having passed by me, period. It doesn't matter what's gone in the past, whatever it is, is how do I, how do in this moment, how do I do that? And if you, and if you, and that's really, that's a way of, of putting your mind and your attention to that. Cause if you always look at that, you are serving, you are contributing, but you don't even see it that way. You're just seeing it as a way to raise the moment up and you're going to fail at it. I do like even this morning, like I just always give examples of my life. Cause I think it's relevant for people, you know, people uh, like this morning, I was just very irritated for like, like, like kids were up, they were this thing, the dog kept coming over, over here to stuff. And I could feel this welling up inside me. And I was like, man, like, it's just so silly that I'm now like, it's again, it's because I was expecting it to not have to get off my bike and deal with this. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had a way that I wasn't, I'm just, I'm, I'm literally aware of the whole process, but I'm, it doesn't deny the fact that I felt irritated. Right. The difference is it lasted for about four and a half minutes and then I was good. And then I was literally back to my ability to not respond from that because my tone changed, right? My tone changed. I got short and you're, so my point is you're going to fail at this. It doesn't mean it's just how quickly can you come back? How quickly can you aware that you're doing that? And then when you're really, really engaged and it feels so good that you want to indulge with that emotion or whatever that is, can you withstand it? Can you just lean back from engaging in it? Mm. That's really where the real growth comes from. Cause what you do is when you lean back, this, this, this is where people call transmutation of the energy. Instead of you engaging with it, what it does, it wants to exit and you leaning back creates room for it to move through you. And as it moves through you, it actually moves and you no longer feel anger or irritation or jealousy or worry or fear or whatever emotion you're feeling or desire, by the way, desire is the same way mm -hmm. you're desiring for something. It's a feeling and people, I get people, I can get most people can understand the wrong ones, but you also have to let go of desire too, because desire in the same self is you going not, I don't mean lust for desire. I mean like people like have these preferences, how they want the world to right. be for themselves. Yeah, exactly. If you let go of both of those, the funny thing is you actually end up getting most of what you wanted anyways. Yeah. It's just, you gotta be open to how it shows up. And it's like, like I said on our call yesterday, people challenge me with fear sometimes because they like to say, well, fear's driven me. Fear has mm -hmm, made me mm -hmm. successful. Fear has made me who I am. Or, you know, and they're using that fear of like not wanting to go. It, um, you're absolutely right. It has. Right. There's no denying that. Yeah, it has served its purpose. It does. The question I was asked is if you're this good with fear driving you, what would it look like if you let enthusiasm and clarity drive you? Mm. How much better would you be? Yeah. Nobody's denying that that drove you and that made you successful. Right. But how much better could you be? I don't just mean in business because that's really where people were challenging me at, right? In right. business, but in your whole or life. Did it really drive them or did they, were they just successful in spite of it? 
Could be, you know, that's the like, whole point. But yeah. when I'm just saying people make yeah. that argument to me, like, sure. how could I let go of fear? I won't be successful anymore. And I go, maybe you won't, maybe you will, you, you will, but here's the thing that you will have. You'll have enthusiasm, peace, and joy and acceptance, which is what you're trying to get from being successful. I know I was going to, yeah, I was just thinking the same thing, like man operating in from that state of whatever you want to call it, that stress, that fear, that constant worry. And that is just really not a fun place to and all and all you're doing operate from and all even if you are successful yes and all you're doing by the way is literally trying to upkeep the movie that you created right nobody else even actually cares really don't care they don't no they don't yeah even yeah. close people around you don't really care because oh, they're too worried about their own yes movie or yes <laughs> that's exactly right they're just trying to feed their own movie yeah and so people get caught in those things so again that's when we, when you talk about f- being fearless in life. Cause like, there's a lot of people who are like, there's just fear in general coming up. But like, there's a lot of, when people want to be fearless, the real way to be fearless, right? The, the root fearless, which is that you wake up and you say, I'm okay with everything. It doesn't mean you won't feel emotions. It doesn't mean that you won't have challenges. Again, it doesn't mean you won't have successes either. You just, you're not, you're not in this desire mode and you're not in this fear mode. Right. You don't need to need it. Exactly. You just get you to, to enjoy, enjoy it. it. Yes. Because what else is there here? I know. I know. We talked about that last week, right? What, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like you just, come in here with nothing. Yeah. You leave with nothing. So it can't be the purpose of what you create. Those are just things that you do while you're here. Right. It's fun. I enjoy. It's fun to win. It's fun to lose. Not as fun. <laughs> but like, you get my point, right? <laughs> Is it? I but, don't know. But, you know, I always, in my experience though, like putting this in in, in real life over the, over you know fifteen years, has really been about you actually succeed better. And, and you're, and you're enjoying yourself while you're succeeding. Right, it doesn't right. mean there's not challenges. It just means you're, you're like, wow, there's another challenge come up. And then at some point in time, if it, you're no longer the needing to be there for something, then you just find something else to do, but you're not doing it like, oh, like parents always have to do that. Right. At some point you're no, you'll always be a parent, but you're not the same level of the parent. Like right now, when you're taking care of your kids, like you're 99% of their life, right. Taking care of them, feeding them, getting them places, encouraging them, doing all this stuff. At some point you're no longer needed. <laughs> it's just, you're, you know what not I mean? Not in that way. Not in that way. You know, yeah. I look, you're always, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone listening knows what I'm talking about. Like you're just, but then people have attached themselves to it and then they, then they have a problem letting go of that. Because they have this, this, this own, their own need that they need to feel or feed based on their movie. I'm a really good mother. I'm a really good father. And do stuff. it doesn't mean, you don't know, try to be more with your kids or go in business with them or do any of those things that you want. That's wonderful. It's just when, when you're pl- when you're asked to serve the moment, the moment will be there for you to serve. And if you're always paying attention to that, then you're not needing to serve the movie. I guess that's the whole point of always keeping that in the back of your mind, which is I'm here to serve the moment. It actually just gets you out of serving your own movie, which is a, a technique in its own way of getting you out of the suffering that's there. Because if you literally woke up and said, I'm okay with everything, I'm here to serve the moment, it would, 90% of the time, you actually don't need to do anything. And then the, the rest, because most of the time, the only thing you're, you're doing is you've caused a disturbance that you're trying to go fix. It's the weirdest thing that we do. It's as humans, just watch this process. It's literally like you, it looks like there's a problem that you have to go solve. But the only reason why there's a problem is because of you. <laughs> You're, yeah. you in the movie has created the problem and then you're going, oh man, I know how to fix it. And like you spend your entire life trying to fix these problems that you created in the first place <laughs> versus if you just get rid of that part and that's the people go, okay, well, how do I do that? And that's what, this is what we're saying. You, you first become aware that you're, you're being disturbed of one of two things. And if you really want to be fearless, right, particularly right now, people have a, there's a lot of fear that's shown up in people 
is again, you have to be okay with everything. And, and again, everything, it, it doesn't mean you wouldn't, you don't act or support or do everything you can for somebody. That's not it. If somebody is sick, you do everything you can for them. If somebody is, is in a challenging times, you do everything you can for them, right? As much as you can, but it doesn't mean that you're building your world around that. Questions? You good? Yes. Okay. So let me just, I'll just wrap this up this way. Um, so the, here's what I want everyone to do. The first step in all of this, again, you can use the technique three, two, one, relax, just watch your mind, be aware and be aware of fear is starting to show up, particularly for you. I really want you to focus on is, is the fear there? Why is it there? It's there. And just go back to the, you can just go in your mind and use your mind to do this. It's because I'm afraid that I'm going to get something that I don't want failure money loss, right? I'm afraid I'm going to get something I don't want right mm -hmm. there, or that I'm afraid that I'm not going to get something that I want. Just watch that show up. And if just doing that process will help transmute the energy and create some space for you to actually start doing the work. It's like you're, it's like now that's the space. And from there, that's when you can just start watching the process unfold. And as you get more and more down the line, each phase of this spiritual or personal growth will start to take shape and it'll actually be very clear in what you need to do. And then the last piece that I would say is, again, you can use mine, you can create your own, whatever it is you want. I didn't create it. I actually stole it from, uh, actually I've heard it, um, first in the, I, I think it was the Bhagavad Gita is what I originally read it in one of the versions of it, but I've heard, uh, uh, Sir Nizagarad Gadadad, uh, oh. so I, I figured out how to pronounce his name the other day. I'm not sure either, but I know here. No, hold on. I got it. It's, uh, uh, Maharaj. Anyways, I, 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 cause it's like one of those ones actually not hard once you figure it out how to say it. Yeah. You just have to um, hear it. But like, yeah. yeah. So I had to, actually, what I did is I went and listened to it this morning cause I was, I was reading a section of this thing on like how to pronounce it. And it wasn't bad actually, once you start pronouncing it, it's like the Bhagavad Gita took me a little bit to get, but once you say it, it's not too bad. Um, but I think I, I heard one of his either disciples or him himself when he, when he was using that is like some reference to like, I'm here to, to uplift the moment. And so it was that same thing. Like I'm here purely in the moment to uplift it. And so that's all that you focus on. So if you're just, if you're just focusing on uplifting the moment, and again, you can say it in whatever form you want. Um, when you do that, that becomes a beautiful life to live. And you actually live with clarity, with peace, with, with enthusiasm. Again, doesn't mean things aren't going to happen. It just means that you're solving them from that place, which if you're, I'm going to, if I'm going to be at the table with anybody, then I want them to be in that state because mm -hmm. you will solve, you will conquer, you will win to the highest probability that you possibly could. Now you still may lose, right? Like you can still play an awesome football game and still lose the game, right? It's, so I'm not saying that you're also going to win, but you have a lot more fun doing it that way. So work on those things. And as if you do, um, stay in that process and just watch the mind do its dance. Hey, thanks for hanging today and for listening to the show. However, if you are interested in getting a short email from me in your inbox each Tuesday when a new episode drops, you can. These emails are super short. I just cover whatever I happen to be thinking about each week, whether that's an article or a quote I've shared, a book I've read, or a new product that I'm loving. Plus info on the latest episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If that sounds like something you want to check out, we'd love you to. Just go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash email.